0: Cinema Obscura
1: from KYW in Philadelphia. It's a look at movies that may not exactly be considered mainstream and had a limited run upon release in some cases, but worth a look. This week, it's a look at the 2008 martial arts slasher movie The Machine Girl and the science fiction fantasy thriller Fantastic Voyage from 1966. I'm Steve Nakase and with me independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett. How hey you doing, Steve? How's everything?
0: Uh, Things are good. Ready for uh, another episode.
1: And here we go. We begin with a story set in Japan as a schoolgirl looks to avenge the gang murder of her brother but loses an arm in the process only to be transformed into a Gatlin gun chainsaw warrior. This in 2008's The Machine Girl. And uh, this is over the top in every way,
0: isn't it? (laughs) This is so gross. (laughs) <laughs> gross no I, I here's the thing i i i first saw this movie about 10 years ago i think i bought the dvd this is when i was like buying more blind dvds i don't know why i, I had a problem and <laughs> i bought the machine girl and oh my god this movie it just like it almost assaulted me in a way did just, you know
1: anything about it before you bought it
0: i can't remember if i knew much about it if anything I just uh, kind of went off the packaging, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was going to be wild. And it was.
1: Well, the poster and and the, the DVD box itself, it kind of like
0: sucks you in, doesn't it? It really does. It's very self-explanatory. Here's a girl, and she's got a machine gun for an arm, and oh boy, and uh, oh boy. It's a movie directed by Noburo Iguchi, who had a background in adult filmmaking. He at the time hadn't done many mainstream films, I don't think. He'd done a few and this was kind of his biggest uh, breakthrough um at that point. And uh his lead actress uh Minase Yashiro played uh, Ami. This was I think her first movie. Mm-hmm. Asami who played uh who played Mickey uh Takeshi's mother who who helps her on her uh mission of vengeance. I thought she was really good. I thought she
1: was less over the top than anybody else in the than everybody else in that movie. I mean, everybody's just kind of crazy over the top uh, with the acting and of course the the violence. Uh, I thought the martial arts was a little choppy in the beginning, but then they kind of found
0: a groove and it it improved through the film. They did a great job with the fight scenes, I thought. Uh, It starts off with Oh, my goodness! This movie starts off with like a scene where you see Ami um standing up for this one kid who's being bullied and uh she attacks the bullies with her machine gun arm. It's like a flash forward, and she brutally murders them. It's not holding back at all, right, and then that kid that she saves runs away because well he she just murdered like a bunch of dudes in front of him right. That's a theme here that their cause is righteous, but they kind of have to become monsters in order to yeah. uh, in order to pursue it. You're, Literally, in her case,
1: you were talking about the opening scene, uh, which I thought was pretty effective. Even though there is a slip up where we see her two intact arms as she's flying through the yes. air. Yes, yes, we thinking, do. <laughs> why didn't they reshoot that scene? Because it's obvious that you know she's got two working arms, but she you know a second later she's got a nub with a machine gun attached to it. Uh, I thought that was weird. Yeah,
0: they missed that. I
1: I promised that I would not go into detail about some of the more violent scenes in that movie because uh, you should experience it firsthand. But take it from me, you will not look at shrimp tempura the same. Yeah, you might also hate soup. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I found I found it kind of, uh, you know, it's a story about honor and justice. In the end, Ami is a murderer and freely admits that. So it's kind of hard to cheer for, even though she is seeking justice.
0: Well that's the thing both of them are in the end you know they they've they've killed people it's kind of yeah. it it's very it's unflinching about that at least i i like that it's very much a um, a movie that doesn't necessarily you know i on one hand i want to say it doesn't idealize all this but on the other hand this is all very cartoonish as far as like the yeah. gore and the kills and like the nails in the face and uh yeah. And yeah. the ninjas and people getting sliced apart.
1: And the and, ninja posing. You know, that's...
0: <laughs> that's Okay, so that that gets me because that's like straight out of anime and Super Sentai and all stuff that I love anyway. Mm-hmm. So for me, that comes naturally. But you yeah. know, I can, for the uninitiated who, who don't watch a lot of uh, movies from Japan, that can look a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. But it works for this movie because there's a very heightened sense of... Of everything yeah. here including but,
1: including style which which they try to pick up there it is and, and you're probably listening to this and thinking God this kind of sounds like Grindhouse Quentin Tarantino
0: it, it does it does sound like that they're kind of a piece the uh, the whole Grindhouse um, revival was kicking was kind of kicking in around then so mm-hmm. they did their movie and this followed up because, you know, Planet Terror, you had Rose McGowan with the uh, machine gun leg. Mm-hmm. And here you've got uh, you've got uh, Ami with uh, her machine gun arm. The Gatlin gun and, arm, uh, yeah. And then later the chainsaw arm, which is also kind of an homage to Evil Dead and uh, Ash, who yeah. has a chainsaw arm yeah. in, uh, in that movie.
1: You know, it's really hard getting through airport security with that kind of prosthesis. <laughs> oh, my know.
0: goodness. You, you know, aren't kidding. You have getting... to take it off. We have a clip you want to set it up. Ami and uh, Mickey kind of, um, they come to blows after personalities really sort of clash. And uh, this is sort of where it happens. A clip from The Machine Girl. So, what you told us is true then? The yakuza son killed Takashi? I wouldn't have lost my arm if it weren't true. Who the hell is this kid? Tell me his name! What do you care? I thought you didn't want to have anything to do with me. Is that how you talk to people who saved your life? (laughs) Hold on. You once told me not to play the victim. So then maybe you should take your own advice. All right, now you did it. I don't give a damn if you only have one arm. I'm going to kick your ass! (laughs) There you go. The Machine Girl, easy to find. It is easy to find. It's available for rental on YouTube, uh, Amazon, uh, Google Play. It's also on DVD and Blu-ray. So it's not streaming on any uh, services that I know as of yet. But uh, if you want to rent or purchase it online or or find the hard copy, it's available. Cinema Obscura.
1: We continue with a classic from the – 1960s, a brilliant scientist develops a blood clot in his brain after an assassination attempt after he arrives in the U.S. from Russia. It is up to a team of scientists to use his technology to briefly shrink humans to use a nuclear-powered sub and journey through his body to render treatment in the classic Fantastic Voyage. And what a delight this had to be on the big screen.
0: Yes, this actually won uh, Best Visual Effects at the Academy Awards. So at the time, the effects were wonderful. Now they're a little dated, but even still, it's a fun watch. Although I will say this, it kind of drags in the early going. Before they get miniaturized, it's very uh, it's very deliberately paced. We didn't have to rush into the shrinking stuff, but it just the pacing seemed off. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's amazing when you think that there were that CG was only a wild dream back then. Yes, uh, the, the swimming actors are suspended by invisible lines. And it's kind of obvious after, you know, what we're used to seeing in modern film. But the film, I thought pretty I thought it holds up pretty well.
0: Yeah. Some of the matte painting obviously is a little janky and uh, the movie could use a restoration. But uh, the sets look wild when they uh, venture outside of this uh, submarine and the practical effects
1: are pretty good. In the opening credit, it talks about, you know, we're getting ready to land on the moon. So this is, this, kind, this is the kind of science and technology that is really going to happen. And back in 1966, we're thinking, ah, they're going to be doing this stuff after the year 2000. They'll be injecting submarines into this, and little people will be blasting out uh, cancer cells and all that.
0: Well, Kennedy had us all uh, all very optimistic yeah. at the time, and hey, we did make it to the moon. It's a very, it's a very forward-looking movie. Um, funny story, Isaac Asimov wrote the uh, novelization of it. Mm-hmm. And originally, he turned it down because he thought the uh, the premise was just hogwash. He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> and then he thought about it. He's like, well, I could probably do something with this. And, uh, and he wrote it. And then he ended up writing another one, which was called Fantastic Voyage 2. But it wasn't connected to the original. It was just his own take on the idea.
1: I, I recall science teachers being very much into this uh considering this educational from a biology standpoint of here they're, you're going into the bloodstream oh, yeah. and then uh, here the monsters don't have scary faces and claws but they're white blood cells that oh kind yeah of
0: thing. no this is uh this is wonderful as far as you know being a movie about about the body and its natural defenses and it's it's great it's uh, it really does once once they get into Dr. Benish's body it moves really well.
1: And Raquel Welch is featured in this movie. And she is. I think this was before she really took off as a sex bomb in other films.
0: She didn't really have as much to do as she could have, although there's that one scene where she's attacked by the antibodies, mm-hmm. which is, uh, is pretty tense. Uh, Donald Pleasance is in this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we don't like to spoil these things, but you watch this movie and there's certain actors whose very presence just telegraphs things. In in everything they do, and Donald Pleasance is one of those people because he just has a face you don't trust.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's played so many bad
0: guys. Yeah, this is this is I think what was this a couple of years before he played Blofeld and uh, You Only Live Twice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's yeah. Uh, definitely kind of he's a very chilling presence.
1: We have a clip from Fantastic Voyage.
0: Yeah, this is basically where the plan is uh, explained.
1: Here's the overall target area, Doctor. Benish's brain, as near as we can map it stereotaxically. The clot is right here. It's impossible to get at without damage to the intervening tissue, which would prove fatal to Benish. The only way to reach it is via the arterial system. Phase one calls for miniaturizing a submarine with crew and surgical team and injecting it into the carotid artery. How small will it be? About the size of a microbe. We're putting Benish in deep hypothermia. What? That's freezing him as low as is compatible with human life. He'll slow down his heartbeat, and circulation, and all other physical processes. Well, even so, Colonel, because of our size, uh, well, I mean, the lack of it, we'll still be cruising pretty fast. We'll be smashed to bits if there's any turbulence. The only danger of uh, turbulence is in the heart, and we're not going through it. Once in the carotid artery, we remain within the arterial system until we reach the point of the damage, where Dr. Duval will attempt to dissolve the clot with a laser beam. After the operation, we return by way of the venous system until we reach the base of the neck, where we'll be removed, right here, with a hypodermic. Will they be successful? You'll have to find out by viewing Fantastic Voyage, and this one's easy to find.
0: Yes, it's easy to find, and it's also much easier to watch than the Machine Girl. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. This one is available on uh, DVD. You can rent it on YouTube, Amazon, iTunes, Vudu. You can also stream it on HBO for another month or so. It expires at the beginning of March.
1: The colors are fantastic in this movie.
0: It is a very, very bright, vibrant movie, and... It could definitely use a, a restoration to bring that out and make the visuals pop even more. And we were talking about a remake. Yes. Guillermo del Toro, the director of The Shape of Water, has been talking about remaking this movie. And I've heard that this that it's the next one he wants to make. I also know that Guillermo del Toro announces about 50-something projects a year <laughs> right. and, uh-huh. maybe, and, <laughs> and maybe follows through on one or two of them. I don't know. But I would love to see a Guillermo del Toro Fantastic Voyage because I feel like he can make it look incredibly wondrous and kind of creepy mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It would it would be something to look forward to. I hope it happens.
0: Yes, it would be much better than the cartoon, yeah. <laughs> which I right. actually used to watch. That was done by the legendary – well, legendarily cheap filmation studio.
1: <laughs> and you can you can still find that uh, on YouTube and other places.
0: Yes, you can actually, but uh, yeah, Fantastic Voyage is uh, not quite culty, but uh, at the same time very much a ride and worth seeing. Thanks, Andre. Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura.
1: And I'm Steve Nikhazy along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscure is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening.
0: I decided to wear my special bra today. It's made out of steel. The drill bra.